0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. On DAB+, plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Lions Daily on TalkSport 2.
1: Yes, Lions
2: Daily on TalkSport 2. Evening, I'm Tim Cocker. How are you doing? Uh, Well, how am I doing? I'm like a kid before Christmas, to be honest, because it's four sleeps until the deciding third test on Saturday, and the build-up has gone up another notch today. Uh, We have the line-ups for both the Lions and the Springboks, and we will get stuck into dissecting and debating the two teams throughout the next hour. But I can't do that alone. Well, actually, I probably could do that alone, but uh, I wouldn't put you through that. So instead, we've tracked down a man who knows a thing or two about what it's like to be a part of a Lions series in South Africa, Peter de Villiers. He coached the Springboks to a series victory in 2009 and he'll join us very shortly. Uh, Finn Russell is today's player profile. Having a look at his origin story, which is perfect timing as well because he's been named on the bench for Saturday. Could one of rugby's biggest mavericks have an influence on the weekend? And uh, you know what? We'll be going right back to where it all started for Finn with his former coach, Bob Wiley. And finally, we'll hear from the Lions and the Springbok camps ahead of that third test this weekend. Do you know, weeks like this, it's what we live for as rugby fans, isn't it? A game this big, outside of a World Cup final, there is nothing bigger and there is nothing better. So the Lions, they've named their side for Saturday's third test and there are some massive, huge... Give me another word, uh, Alfie Reynolds. uh,
1: Gargantuan. There
2: you go. Uh, all the, it's massive any superlative you fancy and the Lions 23 then let's get into this so there are changes in the front row where Win Jones comes in at loose head prop and Ken Owens comes in at hooker for Mako Vernapola and Luke Kamandiki who both drop to the bench Tig Furlong continues at tight head prop no changes elsewhere in the pack so it's Maru Itoji and Alan Win Jones in the second row and a back row of Courtney Laws Tom Curry and Jack Conan here's where it gets interesting. Uh, Ali Price and Connor Murray continue to do their musical chairs and they switch back again so that Ali Price is starting at nine. Dan Bigger continues at fly half. In the centre, as to be fair to him, Jamie Roberts called it on yesterday's Lions Daily. Bundy comes into the side at 12. No one was really talking about that aside from, as I say, Jamie Roberts, so fair play. And Robbie Henshaw shifts out to 13 with Chris Harris dropping out of the 23 completely. And in the back three, we thought there might be changes. People thought there might be a couple of changes. I think a lot of people are surprised that Duane van der Merwe keeps his place. Uh, Anthony Watson and Stuart Hogg out of the 23, and in come two Welshmen, Josh Adams and Liam Williams. And uh, the excitement does not stop with the bench either because in addition to the names I've already mentioned, Adam Beard comes in and he will be on debut. Kyle Sinclair, his sighting for an alleged bite was not upheld, so he can keep stay on the bench. Sam Simmons and Finn Russell couple of exciting explosive electric players who, um, well they could just be the, the sort of SOS call for Warren Gatland if they need something special um, to pull a rabbit out of a hat, so that means Owen Farrell, Talupe Lupe Falatel, Chris Harris, Anthony Watson and Stuart Hogg all out of the 23 surprised Alfie?
1: Oh, where do we start, Tim? We were expecting changes. I thought we'd see a number of changes, but it's a a fair way away from what we predicted yesterday. I guess we, we got right the idea that the pack would largely stay the same. But as you mentioned, I would have expected Duan van der Merwe, to drop out of that back three he stays sam simmons on the bench as well i didn't necessarily see him being brought in for this final test match i mean what an opportunity for him and finn russell as well on the bench in fact i think you could argue tim that for me it was almost the bench that that was the most surprising part of the selection i think finn russell hasn't played much it's a big ask to, for him to come on in the closing stages if you're looking to win this deciding lions test match same for someone like Sam Simmons who hasn't played a huge amount at international level i think it's a it's a bold selection it's a really really interesting selection
2: it is and i think broadly speaking i'll say it's fairly pragmatic when you look at the selections in the in the 15 he's gone the bundyaki selection is the most eye catching there and that's quite a robust solid type of player but that to sort of compensate that he's got some He's got some X factor on his bench, some people with unusual and rare skill sets. And uh, I, th- I think he might be anticipating if he needs to get himself out of a hole, he- he's got something a little bit different that could maybe do it. But I'll tell you what, let's hear from Warren Gatland himself there uh, and, and what he had to say about the reasons for making six changes.
3: We just felt that there were certain things from the weekend in terms of particularly the aerial battle and you know we just got nothing out of that. So you know that was one of the areas. Disappointed with the last 20 minutes in terms of we've given away eight eight penalties in, in the last 20 minutes and four of them we considered were, were pretty needless and, and ones that we shouldn't have given away and not complaining about the result in fairness of South Africa. They finished strongly. You know, it was still it was a tight game. We were happy with the first half and where we were and at 60 minutes on the clock, there's nothing in the game. So yeah, we just got Win Jones was very, very unlucky, he picked up that injury in, in the first test. He's back, he's back fit. And so it's that. Sort of combination with um, winning and, and Ken in, in the front row, and then um, obviously uh, Ali's Ali's done pretty well in the first test, so we swapped our nines around, and then with uh, Bundy Robbie, you know they've, they've got a pretty familiar combination, and that's a, that's that midfield's always been a bit, bit of a discussion and a bit of, of a debate for us, and and just looking at the physicality that that Bundy brought in, in the A game and stuff. so and, and that combination of them two working together and then just giving the chance to move Robbie one one out.
2: I think Warren Gatlin's right. that The midfield has caused the most selection between Lions fans when you just have chats in the pub or at the clubhouse. And clearly, in the selection meetings between all of the coaches, he's come down on the side of Bundy Aki and Robbie Henshaw. It's pretty much the back line we saw in that opening Lions game at Murrayfield. And those two particularly went quite well then. And uh, Alfie, I'm going to let you. I'm not, I'm not going to steal that stat as, because you just gave that to me. That stat you just gave about Bundyaki, I loved it. Go on.
1: This is this is my role, though, Tim, as the producer. You're happy to steal it, but it was I saw earlier on Twitter. There's so many good stats I've seen today, by the way. But I saw one which Mattia Reynal, who is the referee at the weekend, and Nick Berry, who is his assistant, both of them have sent Bundyaki off in an international <laughs> match. So let's hope that's not a, a sign of things to come. Well,
2: if they. If they're consistent with the refereeing from last weekend, there'll be no red cards for anything. That's How, true. That's very, very true. They are.
1: By the way, Tim, I don't have we mentioned yet Owen Farrell? I know you said that he dropped out, but... Would have been his 100th test, this. Is that right? Which is, that's brutal. I was. Uh, that's another one that I am really surprised by. We were debating yesterday. And I think we, in the end, we both kind of agreed we'd bring him in at 12 and have him and Dan Bigger. He's dropped out entirely, which again, I just think... I thought he's done okay. maybe hasn't been at his best on the tour. But in terms of a big game, you know, in terms of that player who you you just back to to bring the right intensity and and the right skill set and everything to a a game of this magnitude, for him not to be in the 23, I'm I'm amazed by that.
2: Yeah, I am. It's absolutely savage at this level and at this stage. One of the men, though, I'm really pleased to see back and he should shore things up in that front row, Wynne-Jones. Uh, he has a massive task ahead of him and he spoke to our reporter out in South Africa, Neil Manthorpe.
0: Well, let's get straight down to business then, um, because the Springbok set-piece, the scrum in particular, misfired probably in the first test, but it looked uh, back to its formidable best in the second.
4: Yeah, yeah they, they were impressive the second half, um, uh, especially, you know. Um, yeah, and that's, that's definitely something they, they're good at and, and something they, they probably reverted back to as well, you know, uh, going back to their strengths and obviously showing the result on the weekend.
0: Um, do you have a specific task um, in the, at scrum time?
4: Um, no, you know, it's, it's scrum is more than one person now, you know, it's the, the whole eight uh, as you work together and stuff, you know, so um, no, it's, it's definitely something um, we we work on as, as, you know, same as we work on every week, but um, no, it's definitely not down to one guy, it's, it's all eight, just buying in and, and, and going for it.
0: It's been quite niggly. Um, that's to be expected. It only happens every 12 years. Has it been, <laughs> has it been a bit spicier than you thought?
4: Um, <laughs> no, I think it's what you expect, especially playing South Africa. You know, I haven't played them a few times with Wales. Um, yeah, you, you know what to expect and you can't take a backward step, you know. And um, yeah, that, that's what the boys did on the weekend. You, you know, if, if there is a bit of niggle, then you've got to stand up to it and, and sort
2: it out. It's one thing I love about rugby at this level. You hear these giant men talking about the most gladiatorial type of physical
1: uh, confrontation and they just go, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good challenge. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll do it. Give it our best. He seemed pretty relaxed there, didn't he? He really did. Win Jones. Good to see him come back in. I'd forgotten, Tim, that he, of course, was named for the first test and then dropped out the day of, didn't he? Correct. Which which I'd forgotten about. So a big challenge. I mean, we always say it, don't we, against South Africa, but that front row battle is absolutely massive.
2: Yeah, Uh, and uh, both the first and second test have been... Won or lost, as games tend to be by the phys- who who has physical dominance in the pack, both the breakdown, the scrum, the line out, and South Africa very much got the best. And I think Win Jones uh, is a big boost for the Lions. So uh, here's hoping. As for the Springboks, well, they have made a couple of changes, uh, enforced changes due to injury: Fafter Clerk at scrum half and Peter steph Toy, two of their best players and two guys that they they build their game plan around, both ruled out through injury. Big losses. But they bring in Lou Diaga, pretty handy second row, uh, shifting Franco Mostert, who started at second row in the first two tests, to the flank in place of Peter stefft And Kobus Reinach comes from outside the 23 into start at scrum half. That means Dwayne Vermalen, who was being talked about, he was back in the squad, he was training again, he will not start at number eight. Jasper Visa continues there. And the other really interesting headline from the, the Springbok squad, Mornay stain is on the bench and could make his first Test appearance since 2016, and well, we all remember Mornay Stain's um, crucial um,
1: involvement in the Tests 12 years ago. 2009 second Test, wasn't it? Ronan O'Gara gave away the the penalty with the clock basically in the red, and Mornay Stain, I think, I think it was his debut. It, it was certainly, if not his debut, it 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 was he he was a relatively new Springbok at that time. Kicked that fifty-plus meter penalty to win the game. I mean, I'm still not really over it, Tim. To be honest, it's, you were saying before the show, weren't you? It's almost set up, yeah, for him.
2: Yeah, it, it
1: just that would be like Hollywood
2: movie type stuff. You can just, I think Razzy Rasmus has done that just to oh, he's just well to make me have. Pain, pay, uh, painful flashbacks to 2009. We can talk about 2009, actually. Uh, in what, well, next on the Lions Daily on Talksport 2 with the famous Grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus B drink aware, the crucial third test live on Talksport this Saturday, build up from 4 pm, kick off at 5. And yeah, next, we're, we're going to be joined by the the man who selected Mornay Stain and the rest of the South Africans in 2009, the Springbok coach, the last time the Lions toured there. Peter Daville is next.
0: Head before he came on. Imagine the roar when he comes on. And he said, imagine the roar if he takes the winning
5: points. 53.7 meters. This for the series win. It's got the distance. Stein! Stein has won the game for South Africa. The Springboks snatch it
0: by two tests to nil.
2: We were talking about that moment just a second ago on the Lions Daily. Mornay Steyn kicking the winning penalty in the second test in the 2009 series. The Lions in South Africa. The Lions fans will be hoping, well, me included, we don't feel heartbreak like that again. Springbok fans will be hoping for a repeat. And Mornay Steyn is on the bench this weekend. He couldn't do it again, could he? Uh, I'm delighted that the man who helped orchestrate that famous Springbok win, the former South Africa head coach Peter De Villiers, uh, joins me now on Lions Daily. Hi, Peter.
5: Great Tim. thank you so much for, for, for the opportunity to just be in your in your space and, oh. I, and I hope that we can add value to your program.
2: oh I've no doubt you will I'm, I'm really really fascinated to pick your brains firstly on, on what you make of this series so far
5: yeah it's a, it's a bit of a seesaw um, uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I, from your side um, I think you guys must be very disappointed. Um, that the Lions gave away um, uh, all the, the, the odds were in their favor. Um, they were actually on the front foot, and then they gave it away by playing something that I never saw before from any Lions team and from any team in, in, in the UK. Um, I was very, very surprised. But as a South African, we are, we are really happy that they, they went that route and we could come back and, and, and level the score, the, the, the series.
2: What, what route are you talking about specifically that you that you've never seen a, a Lions team play like? What what do you mean exactly?
5: Well, they were they, they 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 renowned as a as a as a direct team with ball in hand, creating space for their players out wide because they do have world class players in the back line. But they were kicking all the ball away. And um in the first half they could sense that they are only getting 10% of all their kicks back. So just go play something that you that you really uh, uh, used to, and everybody understands. And then go break down the the, the damn wall on the other side, you know. Mm. But by giving the ball away, you 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 actually allowed us to be direct to um, enter our physical uh, uh, a battle with 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 the lions. And although the lions uh, were on top uh, in the contest in the first half. Um, so much were the Springboks in the
2: second half. That is interesting. Uh, I, I want to take you back to 2009 as well, uh, Peter. Uh, you, you guided the Springboks to a, a series victory. When you look back at that, what was the key to it? Uh, I'm sure uh, that there's a whole mix of things, the tactics, emotions, but when you look back, what do you kind of put it down to?
5: Yeah, firstly, we were an unknown factor. Um, a lot of coaches do, do ploy what they're gonna do on the field to put uh, a team on the back foot. I thought it would be good for us to start off the field um, by uh, selecting an unknown team, shifting a few players like John Smith from hooker to prop and um, uh, Pinar from scrum off to fly off. And just moving players around so that the Lions would think that we are panicking because we didn't have a good season in 2008. And um, to, to make them complacent. And um, yeah, when we got into the field, we get into the field, we would, um, we would, would find them napping. And that's what happened. So um, I, I made them think. Uh, but it's, it's something that I learned from the 1994, 1974 Lions. They came to South Africa, and they selected our teams for us. So I went and I took some of those, those things. And I, and, I, and I went to study the mindset of, of the different unions and how they look at things. And adding all those ingredients together, I knew that we could be on top if we um, execute properly. And that is what we did.
2: That is fascinating, Peter. That's really interesting. It was a, an incredible series back in 2009. I'm going to jump you back to the present day again. And uh, let's just have a quick listen to head coach Jacques Nina Ninaba. Um Uh, he's been speaking. The Springboks have made a few changes to their side, enforced by injury. Uh, Peter Steff de missing out. Franco Moss start moving from second row to the back row. And here's what, Jacques, uh, he said he didn't have any concerns with that change.
1: Yeah, it's always big losing a guy like uh, Peter Steff. I mean, he was 2019. he was World Player of the Year Having him in the team, I mean, he's, he's so accustomed to the role that he has to play as seven. But uh, in saying that, Franco has covered us there a lot uh, before. Uh, so we've moved him there before. And uh, even in, in games, you know, uh, uh, he, he would always, even if he starts, he's always a guy that uh, has to, to, in the preparation up to the week, he, he covers, he has to both, know both roles. And uh, now confident in him, and 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 like you could see in, in on the weekend, I mean, it, we had no issue moving in there.
2: So Peter Jacques has no concerns. When you look at a side without Faf de Klerk and without Peter Stefa Tito, do you do you have any concerns?
5: No, not not at all. Um, um, Franco, he's a, he's got a big big engine. Uh, he's got a yellow presence. He's used to the direct route too. So now suddenly you've got four, four three players who can do that for you in the second row. And, 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 and that, is, that is a plus. Um, uh, and I think our line out is going to be much better too. So the, the work for the Lions will be cut out, you know. They, they must come with, with short lineouts and and, and and quick throws and those little things so that they can, can actually get good ball because it's going to be tough for them to secure the ball um, all the time because we got now three, four guys who can contest at the level where they uh, are used to it, and that is not the contesting is not the big thing. Is what we do have on the field is people who who are, are trained to read lineouts, and we got three guys now who could read, you can read read the lineouts and you can put them under pressure. And what I what I see from or what I know from the Lions. They normally use their lineouts as a platform um, to, to orchestrate their attacks from. Um, so, yeah, I think their work is cut out. Uh, they must be very, very uh, secure and spot on with, 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 with their throw Yeah,
2: it's going to be a crucial area. I've got to ask you, Peter, about Mornay State. It's an incredible story. What do you make of the fact, uh, and what does it say about the man that he's involved in another Lions series for the Springboks 12 years on?
5: Yeah, we won't. I don't have nothing. I have only good to say about Mone. Um, I don't think a 60-yard 60, 60, uh, kick will, 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 will work this time because it's not the high field, it's Cape Town. Um, what worries me more about about the selection of Mone is that none of our fly-ups um, could actually move him from the spot that he made his own. So it shows you that, yeah, our future is, is a bit bleak, eh?
2: That's an interesting point. I guess Andre Pollard's still got years, uh, plenty of years ahead, but you're right, and an, an early injury, and um, he could be thrust into a, uh, to an important moment. I, I, just, I want to get inside a coach's head right now. How do you manage the players now and in the build-up to a huge game like this?
5: Yeah, The first thing is what got you there. How did you manage to be there? So now you need a 5% improvement of all the players. Now, now, if you can 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 squeeze five percent out of a player who gave a hundred percent, you're a magician, you know. <laughs> so you can't do this. And you, as a coach, need now to confine the five percent that can help you on 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 on, on, on the field. Maybe the five percent layer is lying in game management. Maybe it's about inspiring people next to you. Then maybe it's just to 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 to. To create more for so you everybody has to find a five percent that is within his uh, individual capacity to improve what happened on the day so so that is what I would focus on now we know how to play the game we know how to be physical we know how to be, to get under their skin we know all those kind of things can we add five percent of something else that you didn't bring to the game yet and to I, improve of make it and make it yeah. hard?
2: Peter, how how do you do that? Is that is that done in analysis? Is that done? Would you have chats with players? Um, I'm I'm fascinated to know where you think you can find those little five percents.
5: Yeah, you know, um, uh, it's now psychological, and 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 people say that we have f- four parts of our brain in sport. There's eight, so you need to go find those one part of that brain that's never been used by that player in this in this in the series. And, and 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 ask him in that one. So so if you take a guy like, like Vali, um Vali can be distracted if a referee makes a wrong decision. So that is your focus on Vali now for the for the next text. Listen to me, life is not fair, things will go wrong. In this test, I want you to go accept it and find something else in the place of that. Even if you talk to one of the players about anything else except the the the, uh, uh, the incident uh, and and start focusing again on where we can be, so now you can make an improvement on that. If right. you look at a guy like 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 Sia. Um, Sia like to get involved in small little things so that he can be a leader. You tell him, listen here, whoa whoa whoa, we have now fifteen leaders in this game. Don't get involved in anything. Only focus on how can you make. Uh, a guy like 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 Visa uh, uh, runs more onto the ball and make him stronger so now he improves that by five percent. So you'll find in, in, in any in every way you can find something in somebody which make the, which, which make the, the person, the heart the warmth of the person which they can follow and the rugby player in him will, will, will improve.
2: And that right there is why you were a national head coach, Peter. And you used the phrase a moment ago, you you, met, you said, about inspiring people. And I'm um, just thinking, you know, you made history um, and you were an inspiration as the first black head coach of South Africa. Um, the team itself has been a source of pride, of hope, of inspiration for the country. And now the national side uh, is is reflecting the country a lot more and there are characters in there who... Act as a source of inspiration as well. So, a word on, for example, Makazoli Mapimpi, a latecomer to rugby from really humble roots, and now a try scorer in a Lions series and a World Cup final.
5: Yeah, you, you, you are presenter of this of this talk uh, sport program, um, and I think you have a sound background on 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 studying the mental part of rugby and the physical part of rugby and the makeup of it. The the late developers normally are more stronger and they excel more than the guys who were early developers um, because they in the in the in the makeup they think they they've got a, a big so they they need they need just to step up in everything so that everybody around them um, c- can 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 uh, take them in and 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 and, and and depend on them to play their role. So all the late developers in world rugby, you can go study it. All your late developers became world beaters, and um, they are. Most of them are in a in a in a, in a world hall of, um, of fame but, uh, today but, because hard they worked, you know.
2: But Makazoli Mapimpi is a, a really special human being, isn't
5: he? Yeah, because we all are special. Um, uh, he just had the opportunity to show how special he is. But there are special players in the Lions side too, um, which the way they played, they took away the opportunities to show how special they can be. On the day, he was very, very special. And you know, that is the moments that we as coaches talk about. Those moments only come once. Don't think it will happen again. And when the moment is there for you, take it because that will make you evergreen for the rest of your life. Can it? And make the best of it. So he did that now in the second test. Now we only need him um, uh, to get under. Everybody's going to wait for him to do it again. Everybody's going to be there to try and stop him. Just be in their faces all the time. You need, don't need to go do anything. They will take themselves out of the game.
2: Peter, I can't let you go before I ask you what you've made of Razi Erasmus's video and the Twitter drama this week.
5: Yeah, we all have. A, we all have. Last week, we all have a, a, a way of, of trying to to, to 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 get under the skin of, of, of people. Um, Razi is is, is 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 still young. Um, I don't think he he went the right route. Um, I'm 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 glad that world rugby has put the uh, the foot down, put the marker down to say, listen here, we don't want to clean up the game on the field. We want the game to come clean from outside onto the field. And I think that is, that is a great thing that they did. Um, I don't know. I might have gone the same route. I don't know um, where his inspiration came from to do it. But what I can tell you is that what he got right um, is that, and where the Lions allowed him to do it to them, is that he's not the coach. He's, he's not the coach of the team. So the coach and the team went on preparing for what they want to do, and he distracted the whole Lions team um, just to be there and and, and, and do things that that, that you don't and uh, me don't agree uh, with, and we don't condone it, and it's not part of sportsmanship. But it worked.
2: Well, I guess. Well, he's got he's got world rugby to answer to, as you say. But yeah, I guess you can argue, you can I can argue it worked. You, you're finally then. Um, how do you predict it's going to go this Saturday?
5: Yeah, it's going to be tough for the Lions this week. It's going to be really, really tough. Unless unless they go back to, to, to the character of, of, of what the Lions is made of. And, 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 and what I would have done if I was the coach there, I would have gone back to, to what worked in 1974 and what worked in 1980 and what worked in 79. Um, I would have gone back to that. And then I would bring in what didn't work in, in 2009. And when, I, and when I, and I bring that part in, I will tell them that, can you see now for 12 years, you won't have the chance to even talk about it. You want to go get it, but it's part of your, of your memory. You can't wash it out. So, so they can play rugby. That is why they're there. I would have focused on, on the mental side of, of how I don't want to let four nations down.
2: I could chat to you all night about this. You you have the memory, and like you say, it's evergreen that you will always be the coach of a Springbok side that won a Lions series. And Peter de Villiers, thank you very much for your time.
5: Thank you so much, and God bless all the people. I just want to leave your your, your viewers with with um, this last uh, uh, Peter de Villiers saying, it's not the kind of shoes that you wear that take you somewhere. It's how you walk with it that will take you somewhere.
2: Love that. Thank you, Peter. It's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, B drink aware. Well, Peter de Villiers wants the Lions to play rugby. I'll tell you one man they could turn to if they want to go his way, Finn Russell. He's today's player profile. We'll be joined by his former coach, Bob Wiley, next.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
3: I love the way Finn Russell plays. He gets uh, supporters on, on the edge of their seats.
2: Finn Russell, Racing 92,
3: Scotland. Finn Russell will replace him in the, uh, the number 10 chip. Finn's going to push the boundaries, so if you use him in the right way, the right times he can be he can be devastating, he's pushing boundaries. Finn Russell yeah, had an injection today, so not a strained Achilles, with a slight little wee tear in it, so gonna keep him out for the next couple of weeks.
1: Lovely house, no furniture, he's a sofa, right? <laughs> a massive telly, and then he's got the box that the telly came in and he's turned it into a coffee table.
0: That guy's got so much cash that he's not doing much for, for Scottish yeah. stereotypes and not wanting to put your hands in your pocket. Would you mean he's using a television box as a table? That, that is the tightest thing I've ever heard.
2: <laughs> he really is one of the Mavericks in World Rugby on and off the field. We haven't seen as much of him as we'd like to have done on this Lions Tour so far, but Finn Russell is today's player profile, and he's also got a shot at history. He's on the bench in Saturday's deciding test match. And throughout the tour, we focused a lot on the players in the squad, and today it's the Scotland and Racing 92 fly half who is in the spotlight on our player profile as we find out a little bit more about these guys before uh, they were famous uh, when they could only dream of having been Lions and uh, I'm joined now by Bob Wiley who coached Finn both have I got this right Bob both as a as a child and as a professional rugby player?
6: Uh, not as a professional I think I first met him when he was seven or eight years old and coached at a Kenny Logan summer camp and then had the pleasure just before Gregor had signed him up for Glasgow being his clear coach at, at Folk Rugby Club so I've seen him in a few disguises before this wonderful journey that Finn's been on over the last the last ten years.
2: Finn is a guy that d- just just makes you smile when he speaks, and absolutely when he plays rugby. It was his personality the same as a young man and, and a boy, even.
6: Yeah, and he's not changed at all, other than maybe got a bit older and his he, his hairline's gone back a little bit. I, I remember Finn when he when during that summer camp, and I remember as a Tuesday morning doing a a defensive drill, and most children at that age have one or two different tackle techniques. Finn Finn had about 10 different techniques that he used and various different uh, tackles, and that probably caught the eye of what I thought was going to be a great back row forward, and then I think maybe four or five years later, I seen him play for his club standoff, Uh, I think it was maybe under 14s, it's still in county, and the same as he was in defence, he was like that uh, on attack, and maybe had 10 different options that he could utilise at any given time. So it's probably no real surprise, if I'm being honest, to those close to him and and, and his family that Finn has reached the the dizzy heights that he has done. So um, what we see, what you guys see Finn now is probably what we've seen from a very early age.
2: I I, uh, worked with someone who was at, I think, Glasgow University, and Finn did a bit of coaching while he was playing at at Glasgow. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he he said that Finn used to turn up with a a Tesco meal deal, or two Tesco meal deals in a bag, sit down on a chair, watch him coach, and every now and again get up and go, lad, you just need to do it like this, and he'd wang a miss four pass. Um, But then he'd also go out and uh, socialise with the guys. He's such a unique character. And in a way, do you not think Finn Russell's a bit of a throwback?
6: Yeah, and I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was thinking today that Finn's one of the only players in professional rugby in Scotland who's went down a league. So Finn was in a premier a, a premier amateur club, but then, you know, came came down a league and played almost an old school style of rugby the, the season before he went to he went to play professional rugby. And I know during the Euros in football, there was talk of a lot of the the England players, you know, having. Been out of the Premier League and and down into the Football League and the benefit they've had from that and and Finn is one of that but but he also has that unique ability that Finn can speak to your tight head prop to your 15 and you'll see that on on any given game that Finn's playing in that he's communicating all the time to everybody within his team and that's probably the the unseen bit of Finn that's probably not seen enough that Finn has an unbelievable natural leadership that comes to the fore because of that unique ability to communicate to to, to everyone.
2: Yeah, and just such an interesting guy. I, I love the fact that in some of those massive games for, for Scotland or for Rassi 92, he'll, he'll just be sort of like dancing to the music in the stadium yeah. before a match. Yeah. We need more personalities like him to grow rugby, don't we?
6: Yeah, for, oh, for sure. And, and Finn, that is all Finn's coping. And I, you know, I know people may have a perception of Finn that he is just on one big... Uh, one big laugh! But everything that Finn's done, it's for a for a reason. So the dancing, it's all to keep him calm. It's all to uh, uh, make sure he's composed as, as he goes into the game. But be, be rest assured, there's every stone is not is is left unturned as Finn goes into all all these big games.
2: Oh, I'm absolutely certain of that. Just how does it make you feel having played a part? You know that summer camp when he was eight years old. Uh, you know a bit, a bit later on, before he was uh, just before he was a professional. How does it make you feel when you see him in Scotland, and as we will this Saturday, a Lions jersey?
6: Yeah, for sure. I I try not to sound really arrogant here and overconfident, but it is no real surprise to those that have been close to Finn to see him in the playing for Scotland or to to see him in a British line because he has an amazing ability. And you know, I'm just the the happiness that I've got with Finn is I, I, you know, I think there's hundreds of Finn Russells that maybe just haven't been given the, the opportunity and. And Finn through through Gregor from seeing something very early, and and, and Finn has uh, Finn's been given that platform and opportunity to play. Um, you know, I do believe there is a story there that uh, you know Finn isn't your kind of normal, been on that normal pathway. He's kind of had to do it through his own his own vision or he, or his father's own own vision, and it's it's came to the fore. So yeah, I'm just really happy that he's been given the. The opportunity to showcase the skills that, that, as I said, he's had from such an early age.
5: Yeah,
2: that opportunity is oh, absolutely massive for him uh, this Saturday—the biggest match of his life so far, arguably. Uh, what yeah. would you say to Finn if you if you were speaking to him now? What message would you send him?
6: Yeah, so Finn likes you like calm voices, so I'll just Finn and Finn will remind me as well before before the game is Saturday that that it is just another game, and he'll try to reinforce that in his head before. Before Saturday, or before he gets the 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 call to go on, so he won't be overawed. Absolutely not by by Saturday. He will feel it's a bit of a destiny. But he, I know he has been frustrated that the injury that he picked up um uh, before he went out to South Africa and Jersey, he'll just want an opportunity to showcase his skills. Um, on what what you rightly said is the biggest game that Finn will have ever been involved in, and he's been involved in some big big games.
2: Bob. It's been absolutely fascinating. and Really great to speak to you. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah. Cheers, Tim. Thank you. Brilliant stuff. Uh, I, I, yeah, you just can't help but feeling listening to, to Bob talk there, a man who clearly knows him very well. And as relaxed and as maverick as Finn Russell is, he, uh, he'll be absolutely gunning to play a big role on Saturday. And it is, it's all set for him. Um, I absolutely love that little segment on the Lions daily. As we get the origin story of the players today, Finn Russell, Uh, It's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus B drinker, where next we're going to hear more from Warren Gatland.
3: I expect to see a little bit more attacking lineup, maybe, but also trying to shore up the back with people who are are renowned for being able to diffuse some of the high balls. With uh, Bundy, Robbie, you know, they've got a pretty familiar combination. Josh Adams' try scored! and Russell comes on the bench because he's a little bit different.
0: And Adams made the second. And the Lions will score a really well-worked team try.
4: Got a bang against the, the South Africa A game. Just been rehabbing it to get it stronger and, and getting ready for... Fingers crossed I was, I was selected for the third test.
0: And Wyn
3: Jones is going to finally get his five-pointer on this occasion. I would have thought that someone like
2: an Ian Henderson or a Ty Byrne could have come in there to try and mix and add a bit more beef into that back row. So let's recap those Lions team changes then. And by the way, well done for, uh, you know, taking some constructive criticism, Alfie, and getting the song right for uh, for this little package you made. We work as a team, Tim. We work as a team. Yeah, good man. Uh, six changes to the Lions starting side then, uh, as you were hearing some of the names there. Wynn Jones and Ken Owens into the front row. Ali Price at scrum half. Bundiaki in at centre. Josh Adams and Liam Williams into the back three. With Sam Simmons, Finn Russell and Adam Beard uh, added to the bench. So that's at the expense of, in total, Owen Farrell, Chris Harris, Anthony Watson, Stuart Hogg, Taolupe Lupe Faletau, and Tyg Byrne, who all drop out. Just, I think it was Tommy Bow there mentioning uh, Ian Henderson's name. And th- that's actually someone I hadn't mentioned. I feel so sorry for Henderson. That's two Lions tours now where he's looked awesome and won't have a Lions cap to his name. And this might be end up being his last chance.
1: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And, and particularly after Alan Wynne-Jones got injured, we were all kind of looking, right, it'll probably be Henderson and Maratoji then as second yeah. rows, and all of a sudden he's not going to feature at all. The other one as well, Tim, is Stuart Hogg. I know we've mentioned it a few times on Lions yes. Daily, where he said that it always grated on him that he hadn't got a test cap in 2013 and 2017. He's got a test cap, but I just wonder whether it's still going to be a little bit bittersweet for him because he's he got one go in the second test, Drop to get it hasn't exactly gone the way he would have wanted it to. No,
2: no. I mean, it's set up to be a fairy tale for someone who it's going to be. We will wait and see on Saturday, and you'll hear it here on Talk Sport. But the Lions, they're going to hope their their changes make the difference in terms of game plan, in terms of the speed of the match. And Warren Gatland explained to Talk Sport that they were frustrated by the pace of that second test.
3: Every scrum, there was an injury slowing the game down. I think we had something like 14 minutes of TMO time in, in the game, and we've worked pretty hard from a conditioning point of view and. It was, you know, really, really stop-start, and that made it frustrating for us. And we want to keep the tempo of the game up to get, there, get the ball in our scrums, to get the ball in quickly at lineouts, to to play and 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 to get a flow. And South Africa at the moment don't want to do that. They, you know, everything is is, is so stop-started that it does make it frustrating. And I know Alan Jones was talking to the referee about keeping it going. And uh, we had stud changes, we had TMO decisions, we had the referee stopping the game for cram so that'll be one of the things that i talked to uh the referees this week when we discuss you know we need to make sure that you know we can't have 60 odd minute halves i mean i think it's uh it's important that we you know we keep that t- the flow of the game as much from a spectator point of view you know, we want we want to see some pretty good rugby and we, we haven't seen we didn't see some great rugby played on the weekend.
2: I totally share Warren Gatlin's frustrations on that one. And I'm, g- I'm going to steal an analogy that a friend of mine gave to me. He said, imagine a 100-meter runner and an 800-meter runner running 800 meters. Who would win? The 800-meter runner. But the weekend, it was more like, uh, and this is played right into South Africa's hands, as Warren Gatlin just acknowledged, it would be like tie- at stopping the clock every 100 meters for, for a few minutes. And that 100-meter runner would then absolutely spank an 800-meter runner. That's kind of how it, how it felt. And I think Warren Gatlin's absolutely right. They need to... Alfie they just need to find ways to to speed this game up and even Peter de Villiers
1: someone whose allegiances are with South Africa was saying the same And I I mean, it's easier said than done is the only thing, isn't it? I mean, the TMO and everything like that is somewhat out of your control. I wonder whether we're going to see less pushing and shoving and all that sort of stuff as well from the Lions in this game, whether they'll try and refrain from that. Because again, that breaks up the game. It stops the clock. Sometimes then the referee wants to have a look at it with his assistants and TMO. I just wonder whether that's going to have been a message to Warren Gatland and his players.
2: That's I hadn't thought of that. I absolutely love that, by the way. Oh, no, I know. So do I. I <laughs> Even do Even Elizabeth and Alan Wynne-Jones squaring up in the first minute of that game, was I was here for it. But I, th- I think you've got a good point. Let's hear more from Gatlin then. He was he was asked about the incidents in the series involving Razzi Erasmus, uh, the South African Director of Rugby. is going to face a world rugby misconduct hearing for his comments last week, whilst the Lions were also reminded to uphold the integrity of the sport. Gatlin said he was disappointed to be dragged into it. Look, there's been
3: so much said about that sort of stuff. The only thing I'm disappointed in World Rugby's statement is that we t- they've kind of inadvertently dragged us into it you know we've tried to we think maintain as much integrity as we as we can in terms we haven't been commenting on the referee we never questioned uh, the TMO or integrity of the, of the TMO the only question we asked is that why hadn't World Rugby put a contingency plan in place that if people couldn't travel or if people had got sick and that was the only question that that we had asked, so um, so yeah, I'm really really disappointed with a part of the statement where uh, you know they've sort of said both sides have have been making comments and and being critical of the officials. I'd I'd like to someone to show me where where we have done that. You know, we've looked through everything and we can't see any instances where we've been critical of the of the officials. In fact, I think we've we've praised the officials.
2: Am I just being really biased and one idea, but I completely, again, agree with <laughs> Warren Gatland. I mean, all, all teams and all players skirt close to the line of what is acceptable, go right up to it, maybe try and sneak over it a little bit without getting in trouble. But the different to conflate what the Lions conduct at any point with Razi Erasmus and his one-hour video breaking down 29 different incidents of refereeing decisions that all uh, he feel went against him. I mean, if the Lions went close to the line, fine. Razzy Erasmus' behaviour is so far beyond the line he's a speck in the distance and to conflate the two together I I just Do not understand.
1: I think Warren Gatlin's been listening to the Lions Daily, Tim, because this was the point that we were making on the show yesterday. And South Africa, in a sense, I give them credit for it because they've done an unbelievable job of taking the narrative and turning it into the Lions questioning Marius Yonker and questioning his decision making. And as Warren Gatlin said there, and I said to you yesterday, I've listened to a lot of Lions press conferences on this tour. They questioned world rugby and why they didn't have a plan B. They didn't necessarily question the integrity, but that's not how it is now being reported and what South Africa have, have said. So I completely, again, I, I agree with you. Maybe we are just we're so far into this series now we, we can't get past the fan in us. But I absolutely agree. I think Warren Gatland and the Lions have been done a bit of a disservice with how it's been reported, kind of by the Springboks and within South Africa.
2: Agreed. I've got that little knot in my tummy again. I'm going. Do you know what? We finish with this Let's finish with a smile. <laughs> Let, let's, uh, let's all take a breath and we'll we'll finish with some of those light-hearted moments from Talk Sports commentary because there's been times where everything has been very very serious not least the last couple of minutes so James Haskell what, what a guy he's been on uh, commentary and he's uh, he's always looking for people who could do work in his back garden
0: just mentioning there that Andre Pollard slipped over
1: and um, Berger was talking about an hour and a half before kickoff and said it's been a beautiful day in Cape Town but the sun starts to go down round about kickoff time about six o'clock and he said there is moisture on the pitch an hour two hours before and he said it will drop 10 degrees okay, once so the sun goes down and that move moisture move will therefore get even more. And that is why the pitch is cutting up and why people are slipping over. So it's not
0: only the pitch, but there's also an element of mother nature in this. Get Scott around through my lawn. It sounds, but it sounds like he's an expert in that area.
2: <laughs> I love Hask. I love Macca as well. Uh, great stuff. And finally, it doesn't matter if you're a former British and Irish lion who has 77 England caps. Sometimes we just need a bit of TLC.
0: There is nothing more painful um, ever than getting punched in the nose or hitting your nose. Multiple times it happened to me where I just wanted my mum to come on and hug me and take me home and say it's going to be okay because your eyes water and you're just like, why am I doing this? This is a terrible game. I could have been good at something else.
2: James Haskell. Uh, and uh, part of the TalkSport coverage which is coming your way this weekend this is the Lions Daily though on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse the spirit of rugby 18 plus be drink aware every non-match day we're here on TalkSport 2 at this time you can find us on a podcast uh, subscribe wherever you get yours on the TalkSport app as well it is all on the line Saturday evening commentary of that deciding third test between South Africa and the Lions on TalkSport Kickoff 5pm
0: Planning for your next trip?